0: Starting with nothing and then doing really the hard yards, like going to businesses and asking if they would stock and it's a completely new product to get on the shelves. Um, So it's hard to gain a
1: reputation, I guess, from the ground up. Today on Dirty Linen, we are going to head back to Rezo Diner, a place that I recently wrote about and had a really beautiful meal. It's owned by someone we've had on the podcast, a couple of years ago, um, Paolo Arlotta, and Paolo's chef there is Sandra Sia. Sandra, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. I'm so excited to learn about your work at Rizzo, but also the other cool stuff that you do. Uh, give us a little rundown on your work as a chef.
0: Um, so, currently, I'm working as the sous chef at Rizzo, which, like you said, um, yeah, it's like a cute little Italian vegetarian wine bar. Um, in Fitzroy and I've joined Rizzo just about a year ago and
1: yeah I've been there ever since um, yeah what was it that attracted you to work at a little Italian vegetarian wine bar
0: um so I've always been drawn to cooking and working with vegetarian food um I've been doing that for most of my shopping career. Um, but yeah, the emphasis on working with seasonal produce and like the ever-changing menu based on what's um, available um, during the time was definitely a big driving factor. Um, and then just like along with the low-waste ethos and just striving to be as sustainable as possible, which um, I think those were definitely the key points and leading me to coming on board, really.
1: Mm, I mean, tell us a bit more about about that. I mean, what is it about Rizzo that is, um, yeah, angled towards sustainability and low waste? Um, so we always try to use as much of the product as possible. For example,
0: scraps that people um, normally would throw away. For example, um, at the moment we are fermenting the guts and the seeds of the pumpkin. Um, And then turning that into a powder to top one of our risottos Um, and just doing that and then trying to sort out our bin system properly. Like we compost, we sort out our recycling um, between cardboards and glass and stuff like that. And yeah, the fact that it's vegetarian is definitely a, a, a strong point for me.
1: Is the is your appreciation for vegetarian cooking and dining related to, like, largely to sustainability? Um, I would say at the start it was, it was always more for the animals
0: um, because I was vegan for three years, even though I'm not anymore now, but I still eat predominantly vegan and I um, I just love when, like, it's ethical. Like, I have nothing against meat eaters and stuff like that as long as everything is, like, sustainably and locally and ethically sourced. Um and yeah, sustainability is definitely another huge um factor that plays into it.
1: Mm, yeah, it's interesting because when I was chatting to Paolo for the review that I wrote about Rizzo, he he was saying, you know, he could he could relate better to someone who ate meat but made sure it was, you know, ethically raised and, um, you know, as sustainably produced as possible. It could relate more to someone who was eating like that than someone who was buying all their produce from the supermarket. Yeah. So it's an it's an it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, like
0: I still eat eggs in here and there, but I'm purchasing it from a really reputable company like uh, Honours Eggs where um, it's, yeah, just ethically sourced and like, yeah, meat here and there. Um, But as long as they're doing the right thing, um, there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. It's just about reducing, I would say.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Honest Eggs, who we featured on our producers' podcast. They're just, yeah, awesome company, great people, and absolutely beautiful eggs. Um, Yeah. So, Sandra, I fell in love with the broth that you do at Rezo. It really... Is a very simple-looking little cup of liquid, but it really transported me. Can you tell me about that?
0: Um, Yeah, so the broth, what we do is we get um, pumpkins, like all different kinds of pumpkins from Somerset. Uh, from chloe and Thumbset. Uh we roast it and then we all scraps like i said before all scraps like um, the ends of the onions celery um, carrots pine mushrooms when we make our pine mushroom ragu the stalks um, a whole bunch of stuff we add it in lemongrass um, and then we basically simmer that throughout the whole of thursday which we, when we do our prep yeah the next day we clarify it Um, season it with um, this very beautiful Japanese rice vinegar um, and soy and the finished product is what you've been – you had on the other day, the other night when you came in.
1: Mm. It's, I mean, what do you think of that as a – I suppose as something that's on a menu but also as something to to eat? What do you think about it?
0: I absolutely love broths and, like, it's – for me, it's definitely one of the best dishes on the menu – um, it's so it's 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 hard for people to, um, I guess, come in and and just see a cup of broth and it's so unassuming, um, but once you taste it, you I guess you can kind of understand. There's a lot of work that goes into that tiny cup of broth, um, and yeah, I I think it's a great dish.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that really struck me about it is that it's it's sort of an expression of the moment, but it's also it sort of takes you back in time as well because that broth, you know, like a master stock, those flavors have been building and layering. And, yeah, it's just so interesting. I just love that with food. And I think also with, with I suppose you get a lot with wine where it's like you're drinking something in the moment or experiencing something in the moment, but it really connects you through time to, you know, other actions and seasons and soil. It's, um, yeah, it's just really thought-provoking, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's different, and also it's seasonal again because Paolo also comes up with a very amazing winter broth which uses whatever is in the season. Obviously, it's, we're coming into winter now, but it's just it's just broths and just amazing using whatever produce that we can find from the farmers.
1: Mm. So, um, Sandra, reso's only open a few days a week. So what do you do with the rest of the time? Um, so
0: I actually recently started my small business, um, it's called Six Sight Scorpion about three months ago. Um, so during my time, um, like the three days, because I work four days at Rizzo and the other three days, I'm pretty much, um, working on my small business, um, which has been really tough, but we, um, we have been striving at it for a while now. And our goal was to sort of create like an art market, high-quality brand that comes up with killer condiments that everyone would love. Um, And we just launched our first product, um, our signature crispy chilli oil. Um, And, yeah, we're just excited to see where, where that leads us to.
1: Yeah, well, I can definitely give one big vote and endorsement for your crispy chilli oil. It's super delicious and is part of one of the dishes at at Rizzo as well. Um, I mean, chilli oil is having a bit of a moment. What what do you like about it and what are you going for? Like what's your point of difference?
0: Yeah, so um, chilli oil is definitely coming up. There's so many um, companies coming up with it at the moment. Um, But for me, I think my point of difference is um, I make everything really, really fresh. Um, we use fresh a fresh garlic, um, basically fried at to perfection, adding a multitude of spices and ingredients. Um, and it's super chunky, super crispy, but it's also matte fresh. Like it's, I basically make a batch every week. So when someone orders it, um, it's it's probably made that week or the week before and more than half the jar is basically shallots and garlic so um yeah
1: yeah oh my goodness it's I I feel I'm pretty addicted to chili oil and kind of put it on 80% of the things that I eat but what are some of your favorite ways to enjoy it? Um, so classic, we always go dumplings, like
0: the standard everyday eggs, avocado toast, put on pastas, pizzas, literally everything really. Like, because I'm a big lover of spice as well and chili. So I'm, I'm that person where I always put chili on my food. So it, it basically just goes on everything. Like same as you, I just put it on everything. It's some chefs hate it, but it's, it's kind of an addiction, I would say.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree. Um, so, you, you mentioned that it's been tough getting the business up and going. What are some of the challenges and pain points that have been there for you?
0: Um, I think just starting a business from the ground up to begin with is extremely hard. There's a lot of back end work that I wouldn't know require until I actually started the business. Um, uh, and yeah, because like st- starting with nothing and then doing really the hard yards, like going to businesses and asking if they would stock and it's a completely new product to get on the shelves. Um, So it's hard to gain a reputation, I guess, from the ground up. But after seeing the reviews I've been getting and the feedback I've been getting from friends and family and even my neighbours and stuff. um, Yeah, it was, I, I just had to do it. And I've always been, to be honest, I've always been very interested and passionate about starting my own business um, so this was this was the perfect opportunity, um, yeah. Because I have a bachelor in business as well and marketing, and my par- my parents will be proud that I finally put that to use. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely hard work, but it's it's rewarding to see the trajectory and how it just is growing day by day.
1: Uh, good, good on you. It's really yeah, really impressive and exciting. I mean. A lot of chefs, I guess, started their side hustles in COVID. Um, You know, restaurants really, I guess, saw the value in having these other product lines. Was that one of the things that motivated you? Or, I mean, what was it really that this has just always been something you want to do and this was the right moment?
0: Yeah, it was definitely always something I wanted to do. And I should have started it during lockdown, really. But for me, COVID wasn't really great. And I didn't really have much motivation there. Um, so I launched pretty late. I only launched three months, um, about three months, um, this year, uh, three months ago. Um, but yeah, just when I made it for friends, families and the, everyone just couldn't stop raving about it. And I even gave it to a couple of chefs who were pretty, pretty good chefs and just got really good feedback. So, um, yeah, like even the other day, someone actually emailed us reached out saying that they go through um a jar a fortnight and ordered basically 12 jars for himself and that was um that was pretty overwhelming and that was great yeah like, like little things like that really play a part and just push you like to keep going because sometimes there isn't really much traction it can feel quite demoralizing but yeah when 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 things like that happen it's it's just amazing shout out to Marcus
1: if you're listening thank you <laughs> yes, Marcus. Julie <laughs> oil obsessive, just like us. That's good. So yeah, I mean, I'm so interested in your journey to doing what you're doing now because you've got this other, I guess, tertiary educated background. Can you tell us about your, um, yeah, your what's your back backstory as a chef, Sandra?
0: Yeah, so I'm so I'm originally from Singapore, um, and then I moved to Melbourne about 11 years or so now. Um, I came for high school and then I did my bachelor's in marketing didn't really put that into effect um, did my uh, certain commercial cookery and that's when I started working started actually properly uh, working in restaurants and that was kind of what ignited my passion for cooking uh, when I started actually working in the industry because you learn so much um, just by being in the kitchen um, and yeah so since then, I've just been working kitchens, and here here I am today.
1: It's um. I mean, you mentioned that your parents will be glad you're putting your degree into action. Has it been, you know, as as a um immigrant, as an Asian woman, has that been a big conversation with your family, and I suppose indeed with yourself to take that um, perhaps less travelled path or a more unconventional path?
0: Yeah. Um, I think for me, I was never really sure what I wanted to do. I still am not 100%. I'm still finding my way each day. And, yeah, with my parents, I think it kind of came as a shock because it's not really the route um, that people from Singapore go down, I guess. Like my mum was an accountant and my dad was also doing his own, like a a very traditional um, um, journey, I guess. And mine was, like before this, I was a bartender, like, we don't do that in Singapore, really. Um, and, yeah, but, like, they, they, they're they fully supportive. They're, they're, they're proud of me always and they're great, really.
1: <laughs> That's so good. Great to hear. Um, I mean, have you, you know, people sometimes talk about hospitality as, you know, a pretty challenging place for women. How have you found it?
0: Um, I think hospitality in general for both men and women is extremely tough. Um, but like you said, I think it's amazing that we are seeing more um, women in the industry getting recognised, um, especially more women of colour as well. Um, like it's amazing to see that it's getting more prevalent and to see that the public and the mainstream media is kind of like acknowledging their talents and skills. And, yeah, it's always happy for me to see diversity in the industry. Um, but hospitality is definitely tough and and – you've got to be really strong to, to stick with it, I would say.
1: I mean, what what can you see? I mean, are there any changes that you would like to see that you think would make it, a, I guess, a an easier or a safer or more secure or happier place?
0: Um, yep. Yeah, I think um, there are a lot of issues and stigma still now surrounding mental health. Um, I think it's definitely getting better. Um. But it's it's still hard to break that barrier, I guess. Um, like it 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 really should be of the same importance as physical health. Um, for example, like let's say if someone breaks a bone, there's there's no questions asked. But if someone was going through something really tough, um and needed a day off, it maybe wouldn't be recognized on the same level and sometimes even criticized for it more often than not. Um, so I think um, if everyone just needs, like, to have a little bit more empathy, check in on each other and just be kind, um, especially after what has been going on in the past few years, I guess that would be a huge step um, for the hospitality industry. And then just if every business strives to provide a, a very friendly and a good working environment, um, showing appreciation, respect for employees of all positions and just letting them know that they're killing it if they are. and yeah, I think it's all these little things that really add up and make people continue working hard and stay stay in the industry because it's something that's it's very hard these days, especially with the hospitality industry and probably all industries in general about staff shortages and stuff like that. It's really hard. Um, so,
1: yeah, I guess that's
0: my <laughs> point of view.
1: No, I love that. I mean, that's so well said, so well articulated. And, you know, as you say you know the hospitality industry has moved out of lockdowns it's been super tough and and such uncertain times and you know who knows how you know which point of that journey we're on still um but of course you know with staff shortages the industry reopening people are keen to dine out it's like yeah that that recuperation and recovery has almost been swamped just by how busy everybody is and how much pressure there is to, to be at work. I mean, how do you think that can be balanced? I mean, do you think it is just that, that kindness, that, that, that kind word, like, I mean, or are there other things that, that could be done? Um, I think it's
0: like, it's hard to talk about mental health, I guess, with, let's say your boss or your manager. Um, um, and I don't know, it's hard to like, if you need a day off, but then the thing is you can't really take a day off because there's no staff, but that I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I really have a solution for that because it's, it's kind of like a double edged sword. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard because there's no staff to cover anyone and, and stuff like that. So you kind of have to push through, I guess. Mm. Um, and Yeah. I don't know, with that one, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is just such a conundrum because I suppose even, you know, when when your managers or bosses are kind and understanding, then on the one hand that would make you feel like you could go to them with, with your troubles more, but on the other hand you probably feel like, you know, you really don't want to let them down. You have that, that sense of connection and obligation as well. So I can imagine, yeah, it just must be yeah just really challenging in the moment and day to day for for people who understandably have still got a lot of stuff to work through <clears throat> that we you know with what we've all been through over the past couple of years yeah and
0: it's definitely very tough for them as well because just for them trying to find stuff and it's tough for everyone so it's like it's yeah i guess everyone just has to try their best and try to be there for each other and and that's pretty much all we can do i guess
1: yeah i mean What do you, I mean, I know you're you're in the kitchen, but Rizzo's a pretty pretty small and connected place. Like what are you sort of seeing or feeling or hearing from customers about, you know, how they're, you know, how are they eating out at the moment? How how are they, what sort of energy are they bringing into restaurants?
0: Um, I think we do get a mixed crowd, but people who come into Rizzo always the, the main thing they say is they, they love the food because the food's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, especially like meat eaters would come in and they will be shocked that it's vegetarian and everything's so good. Um, I wouldn't, I can't really say too much on that because I'm, I'm pre- not predominantly in the back of the house. I don't really interact with customers as much as, um, Paolo Yossi does. Um, but yeah, that all, all I can say for is that, People were pretty pleased when they they come in and and eat at Rizzo yeah,
1: yeah, I would definitely say um, that if if anyone has in their life people who are still doubtful about how complete and satisfying um, meat free eating can be, then they really need to go um, eat eat with you guys at Rizzo because it's such a oh, it's just such a joyful um and connected experience and everything is super delicious um what are you loving cooking at the moment Sandra and what what are you thinking what do you what do you think you get to love through winter
0: um so broths broths definitely always even in summer I think <laughs> and that's always a big one um to be honest I'm not cooking a lot at home just because I am so busy um but but yeah at the at the restaurant, I always love because our our menus always changing week by week, if not every couple of weeks um I always love c- um cooking the new dishes because it's something new and something I'm learning um but yeah, I love making the pine mushroom I at the moment great dish um and the broth the broth the broth is really good, and
1: yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, and if you, and I know you, you know, very much occupied with what you're doing at the moment, but if you could look forward, Sandra, and, you know, think about what kinds of things you'd like to do in the future, what sort of visions come before you? Um, so
0: with regards to Rizzo, um, I'll just be doing what I'm doing. I know Paolo does maybe have some exciting stuff in the words, but that's definitely something that he will have to speak for himself um and with regards to my small business um i we already have another product in the works which is actually my grandmother's recipe um I'll let that off really because that actually risen, isn't really a recipe because um she's she's that kind who they don't measure anything um does everything by eye and it always just comes out perfect I don't know how um so if I do actually find it find the perfect balance of of this sauce then we'll have another killer product coming out, which I am genuinely obs- as obsessive with old crispy chili oil. Um, so I've been really striving at that, I guess, um, just because it's so new as well, and it's it's kind of like my pride and joy at the moment. Um, and yeah, just seeing people when seeing people enjoy it and telling me and messaging me all these good things really does make me feel really good. Um, and yeah, just working at Rizzo and working at my small business and that pretty much occupies all my time now when I'm not aware
1: Yeah, I can imagine um, oh, Look, Sandra, it's been such a pleasure to speak to you today and yeah, hear about your um, yeah your job at Rizzo and also 6 side Scorpion uh, Congratulations on what you're creating I'm really excited to um, follow your journey and see what comes next. Thanks so much, Danny. Thanks for having me
0: this